Welcome to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from NoiseAware. NoiseAware is an easy-to-use preventative noise monitoring solution that is wire-free and completely weatherproof with the option of interior and exterior sensors. Listen in for the mid-episode break where we will answer another question about NoiseAware. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello, and today I am talking to David Jacoby of Hostfully, and we're going to be dissecting a survey that Hostfully did where they asked property managers and independent owners what 2020 was like for them and what they'll be doing in 2021 to achieve much better results. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast coming to you from a snowy Ontario. Yep, snow is what I see out of my window. It's just, I've mentioned this before, the black and white world, but it, it'll be changing soon. We're into February and March will be on its way and the clocks will go forward and spring will come and we'll all be vaccinated and the world will be back to normal. Ho, ho. <laughs> we shall see. You've got to keep cheerful That is something that is super important. You know, we've got to stay inspired and motivated and keep our spirits up. My mom was a war bride. She got married to my dad when she was 16 years old and she lived in Nottingham in England. And my mom's parents ran a pub in Nottingham. And that pub was home to all the air crew from the local military bases when the guys were on furlough and they would do four to six missions. And then when they would have a few days off and they would come into the pubs and they would get drunk and they would sing around pianos and dance with the local girls. And for some lucky ones, they married them. And that's exactly what happened to my mom. But my mom wrote a wonderful book that was just distributed amongst her family where she told us about wartime And what it was like, you know, what it was like having to go to shelters when the air raid sirens started and rationing and worrying about whether their loved ones would come back from these missions, whether their loved ones would come back from being overseas at war. And that went on for five years. It was long. It was a long time to be living in such an uncertain world. And there's sometimes right now when I hear people complaining about lockdowns and their rights being taken away and they're not able to see people, they're not able to go places. And I often go back to talking to my mum about the time of the Second World War and what everybody experienced. You know, people in London who experienced the Blitz and had no homes to go to. People whose children had to be sent away to other countries to get them out of the war zone. So it grounds me sometimes if I get into a little bit of a moaning or whining mentality 
to go back and read this book and read that, hey, this is not so bad. We still have well-stocked stores. We still have the internet. We are still able to connect with people. If not face-to-face, we can talk to them on the phone or on Zoom or on a myriad other connection platforms. So I'm not here saying don't complain. More so just, you know, this, this too shall pass. That's my mantra at the moment. This too shall pass. We'll all get over it and it will be a memory at some point in the not too distant future. I'm quite sure. But just stay balanced, folks. Stay balanced. I am pleased to have with me today, David Jacoby. He is the co-founder of Hostfully and I've had him on the show before to discuss and dissect the hospitality surveys that uh, Hostfully run every, I think maybe it's every year. I shall ask him that question. And the responses give us a real insight into how property managers and independent owners are doing their business. And quite interesting, coming on the heels of Book Direct Day, that one of the findings is that more and more owners and managers are looking at this Book Direct model. Something that has come across as a theme almost in the past, well, in every every, every podcast episode, everybody I've spoken to since Christmas, Matt Landau, Andrew McConnell, etc. So I'll be really interested to talk to David and find out a little bit more about the survey, why they do it and what the outcomes and the responses were. So without further ado, let's meet David Jacoby of Hostfully. Well, I'm here today with David Jacoby from Hostfully for the second time. Hey, I'm honoured for even one. This is great, Heather. (laughs) I'll put a link, of course, into the previous one we did because it's always fun to go back and look at something previously. I know that people still download my episode number one. And seeing as we're now at episode number 376, I really would prefer they didn't go back and do that. Wow. Congratulations. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah. We are going to hit a 1 million downloads this year. Well on the way to get to the million. So, uh, so for all of those lovely, lovely people who are out there listening to this, thank you so much. It is an absolute delight to know that you are tuning in every week. And this one is going to be a goodie because hopefully, well, I'm going to pass it over to David actually, and, and ask you about the survey that you do annually. Yes. Yep. The survey you do annually and why you do it and what purpose is the information for, you know, what do you do with it, that information? So over over to you. Tell me about the survey. Awesome. You bet. So uh, Hostfully is about five years old now. And when we first spoke, Heather, we were just focused on the guest experience on digital guidebooks and providing five-star hospitality to guests. Since then, we have merged. We merged with a company at the time called Orby Rental. And now it's all under the Hostfully umbrella. And it's a, so we're a full-scale property management software uh, with the digital guidebook side as well. So you can get the property management software, you can get the digital guidebooks as a standalone, uh, or you can get both together. So when we started this survey, 
uh, we realized there was not much information on the guest communication side of the vacation rental industry and on the hospitality side in general. Uh, so there's lots of information about OTAs and where your list, where you're listing and what software you're using, but not about what services are you providing or how are you offering recommendations. Uh, so the original survey was kind of more of a deep dive in that with a few other, since we have your attention uh, questions, you know, what property management software do you use? And, you know, how was last year for you and stuff like that. So over the years, it's evolved a little and we still have that component that focuses on the guest communications and hospitality side. And we've also expanded it to be a more general survey about what software are you using? What were the general challenges from last year? What's gotten easier? Uh, and of course, uh, in 2020, we had a, a bonus COVID-19 section uh, as well. So it's, it's really become a, a general benchmarking study for property managers to see how they stand against their peers and for, you know, for all areas of their business. So how many respondents were there this year? And you know, what were the sort of sizes of the companies? What was the range of company sizes? Sure. So there were around 150 respondents this year. The largest had a few hundred, like 300 properties, down to one and two properties. Uh, most were in the, the 10 range. So it was on the smaller side than in past years, but we, we still had uh, over 30% that were in the larger bucket. So how did you find your respondents? All over the place. So we, we take a few months of, of promoting it on various Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups. We have an email list that we send it out to. So we, we spend a few months and, and they come in from everyone, everywhere, all over the world as well. So a lot in the US, but we have people in Europe and Australia and Southeast Asia and Africa. So it really is uh, international. So at the beginning of the, um, of the report, um, you talk about growth strategies. So how do you define that? Because you talk about number of growth strategies and, and I, I'd sort of like to tease this out. So, you know, what, what are they used for? What are people using these growth strategies for? Sure. So we you always ask, like, how are you, what are you doing to grow your business? And most of the time, most years, it's get more properties. That's, that's always been the number one answer until this year, it became the, the number three answer. And above that was improving marketing and uh, increasing their rates. And related, it's kind of two, two different buckets, dynamic, adding a dynamic software specifically uh, was another, another um, answer. Uh, so, you know, we see that this year and we, we saw between larger property managers and smaller property managers, a big difference in this regards. It, almost the rich got richer <laughs> in a way. Uh, all larger property managers added more properties last year, all larger ones. And smaller ones, it was much less of a growth strategy and they were focused on optimizing the existing properties that they have. So marketing was a big one for that and changing their marketing strategies. Uh, related to another question, uh, marketing was real, real interesting in the survey this year because lots of people said marketing got easier and then also people said marketing got harder. Uh, I mean, it was a, both a challenge and something that got, uh, that got easier for them. Uh, but changing marketing strategies in terms of focusing on local mm -hmm. folks, right? Versus maybe the normal, more international, further away guests, uh, and also more long-term guests versus shorter stay guests. So uh, changing, basically changing that marketing strategy to focus on, on different sets of population. So yeah, those are general growth areas. 
Yeah, it's interesting that um, that the whole owner acquisition seemed to have, have dropped off a little bit. And I know that we have seen this when we lost um, 30% of our inventory in 2020 because of owners deciding that they, they just weren't prepared to rent during a time that, that they felt was just too uncertain. They, so some of them just said, I don't want strange people going in and out of my house anymore. Others said, I'm going to go up to, and that's the nature of our, our particular location, that they just wanted to go and use their place and they wanted to go and work from it. So they, they took it off the market entirely. But I've heard that from a lot of companies, sort of our local companies, that um, everybody seems to have shared owners in to similar percentages. So while we are as a small, you know, I say we're, we're a mid-sized company at 130 at the moment. We were up at 180 at one point, but we've, we've become more streamlined. And now it's interesting. We are focusing on marketing. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and people are looking at other ways getting creative too. We saw a big uptick in upselling as well as an additional source of revenue. And I think for property managers, uh, where maybe they're only getting 20% or 30% of the rent, they can get a, a lot higher margin on additional items that they're upselling. Uh, so we can, we'll circle back to that when we talk about kind of uh, guidebooks and guest experience. Also, uh, outsourcing cleaning and installing new amenities. People talked about that as just various growth ways, which is interesting. They put that under, under growth strategies as opposed to another general operations bucket. But I think it's just a general mindset that people are looking at different ways of growing and, and increasing their bottom line uh, without having to do specifically with properties. So, so do you think owners and managers becoming more creative in 2020? Yes, absolutely. And that was, there was another question about, you know, what, what changes because of, because of COVID and, and a, a big answer was in general process review. People, especially back in March and April, people looked at this as a time where, all right, I'm not dealing with guests right now. How can I make my tech stack better? How can I make my operations in general better? Uh, I'd go along with that. I remember doing a, I think, I, I think I did a podcast episode in March, you know, the, the seven projects you could undertake <laughs> to, during lockdown. I have to say, when I look back now, we, we did one of them and, and updated, right. uh, up, mind you, that was a complete new website. So nice. You know, that, awesome. That, that, that's, that's a big one. That is, that is a big one. So, so thinking along these lines, what stood out to be the main challenges that everybody was facing last year? Sure. So, it, you know, it was an anomaly of a year and I'll circle back on challenges specifically, but I want to preface it with a conversation we were having earlier, Heather, about revenue as well. And just people's year their experience was vastly different from one property manager to another. And I, I remember after March and April, there was a lot of uh, conversation about June, July. People were saying, oh, bookings are great. You know, this is out of the world. Everyone's, you know, rebounding. There's this big bounce back and it's off the wall. But we asked people how much money did they make uh, and, and compared to 2019. And over half made less than in 2019. Uh, 25% made less than 50% from the year before. Well, on the flip side, 13% made 150% or more from the year before and, and everywhere in between. So it's hard to 
Uh, first of all, it's it's important, I think, to be sensitive when talking about 2020. And, you know, if you, your opinion, you know, to, to shout, oh, it was terrible. It was terrible for everyone. Oh, I had a great year. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, obviously, it was across the board and a lot had to do with the destination and, you know, where you're in and people are flying to your location. So that being said, what challenges did they have besides in addition to revenue? I'd say, first of all, the biggest surprise was that only 6% said covid was their biggest challenge. So it's, it's kind of, it's heartening to see that people are not playing the victim card mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way, um, but rather are, are kind of focused on, on areas that they can, they can improve. Uh, so, the, you know, the majority were practical with, by saying turnover, you know, cleaning. That was a huge change. That was the biggest change. And I'm, I'm sure that's not a surprise. So 4% in 2019 had that as their biggest challenge and 18% in 2020. Uh, put that down as as their biggest challenge. Marketing is another one that will pop up a bunch, and technology in general. So that's that's a big bucket, and there's a kind of a long tail of answers of what fell under that that bucket. Uh, an, another thing that was interesting was uh, pricing was a challenge. Just kind of, kind of makes sense is because it's such a crazy year; they had no idea how to how to price things, how things should be changed. And a lot of the people who answered pricing used uh, property management software and used dynamic pricing companies. And, you know, they still found it a challenge because it was just such an outlier anomaly of the year. Yeah, I, that's, that's something that I noticed from the results there, that, that dynamic pricing came fairly low as a growth strategy, but they were using it or, or, and, and still considering that for 2021. And I know I've talked to a a couple of people in the industry who I've talked to about my business. And one of them in particular said, you left so much money on the table. And, you know, same question when we were talking before I started recording (laughs) and you said, you know, when I said we're already just, just under 90% occupied for July and August. and And I could see it going through your mind, you know, your pricing is too low. But there is a ceiling. There, there is a ceiling where, where you get to and you think ethically, morally, can't go above that. And, and of course, that, of course, depends on your market as well. Because, because here it's a very, very localized market. And we can do our reputation a lot of damage by pushing prices up too high. Sure. I mean, that's a good problem to, to have and face with. And I think most of the pricing challenges from last year was exactly on the opposite side, right? There's a lot of vacancy. The times where there were big openings, long-term vacancies, how low do you go? At what point is it worth it to uh, you know, just not have it be, be rented because I just can't go below a minimum threshold? So I think more of the challenges and struggles around that. Yeah. And I think it will be interesting three or four years out to come back to this conversation. And I hope we don't leave it another three or four years before I get you back on, David. <laughs> but, but come back to this because I, I know that our market will be very different in three or four years' time when everybody can go traveling again and they will be in the airports and heading off south and east and west and not going north into cottage country. And they'll be going back to doing what they love doing, which is going to visit cities. All those mm-hmm. cities that have struggled now, yes. and I think there will be a flip-flop in terms of, of supply, demand, and you know, just, just in general in terms of how people travel in three or four years' time. So I know three years' time I could be saying, oh, we're having such a bad year <laughs> because all our traffic has gone. 
So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, th there's a danger in, in looking at it too short term and saying, you know, these people did well and these didn't do so well. But I think we've got to, over time, it will balance out, I'm sure. Yes. And one thing that's been cool now that we've done this uh, survey for years is having some of the same exact questions from year to year and continuing this over many years to come so we can compare and, and it'll be a good benchmark to see how the read down has been over the next few years. And, and having the survey with the same questions, uh, yes, it will be fun to look back at. Yeah. So we, you mentioned tech. So what, what are managers saying that are their most valuable tech solutions? Sure. So it really ranges across the board. First of all, less than 50% said their property management software is their most valuable tech solution. So while that's important, and maybe I'm a bit biased on that, and that should be the, the glue which everything uh, revolves around, uh, there are other niche softwares that are, are quite popular. Uh, and some of the ones you would expect, uh, you know, cleaning got more, uh, <laughs> uh, more uh, responses than previous years. Uh, but marketing, payment processors, uh, digital guidebooks, uh, dynamic pricing, home automation, we might have had, I'll admit that our, you know, our results might be a little skewed higher on who's using digital guidebooks and is digital guidebooks your most valuable software because we're promoting it. So we have a lot of our, um, our users who, who took the survey. Also non-vacation rental software. So there were responses for like Slack and Trello and, and Zoho, the, the CRM, and even Adobe Sign and, and DocuSign and sending out, out contracts. So interesting to see how uh, you know, property managers are using mainstream software combined with uh, specific vacation rental niche software to, to run their business. Uh, also, one other one other thing, it's not, not too surprising, but we saw a big uh, relationship between larger property managers are using a lot more software than, than smaller property managers uh, who are kind of just figuring it out and maybe not even, even using a property management software. Yeah, I think I mean, the whole business of, of software, I mean, when I started out 20 odd years ago, there wasn't very much available. And, and it was all very exciting when something new came on and now something new comes on. It's like, oh, no, not... <laughs> Don't don't bring anything else in to muddy the waters because there's quite enough. But I, no. I, I certainly, I mean, the appeal of having things automated and having things made easier is obviously a motivator. I welcome the change in the ecosystem and how much it's expanded, even in the six years or so that I've been in it with all these niche software solutions, because you, you get to get real geeky you know, do a deep dive on one specific area. And, uh, you know, I felt that way before we were a property management software with the digital guidebooks, right? And, and we kind of see this uh, in general where I think this is where the trend is of having APIs that connect to everything and, and having companies that are doing kind of best in class mm -hmm. and being able to, to use all those tools together. At the VRMA conference ages ago now, uh, right? And I guess in 20, 2019, uh, at the at the Hyatt in, in New Orleans, I, I remember one speaker talking about that hotel, the, the Hyatt, that they're they were using like 21 different software mm -hmm. to run their business, one for the um, front desk staff, one for the concierge, one for cleaning, another one for room service, another for you know the the TV, one for getting on online. Uh, and there's no there's no silver bullet 
out there. And I think property management software is that say they do it all and have all these big modules, maybe they're doing it all mediocre. Uh, and you, you really need to have these best in class solutions. And what's good for one property manager might not be good for, for another one. So they're all kind of figuring it out and piecing it out what, they, what works best for their, their operations. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we, we've just gone through this exercise of, of listing out all the software we use. And, you know, some of them that we were listing that were things that we'd bought into that hadn't, we hadn't even used. And I think that's, <laughs> yes, well, it's, uh, it's, it's a matter of culling some of this at the moment. Hey, as we are um, talking about technology, uh, it's a good segue into just taking a moment out and hearing from our sponsor, Noise Aware, as Michael Goldin answers another question. So let's go on over to Michael. Can Noiseware be used in multiple properties in a property management portfolio? Absolutely. We built the platform to be scalable from a single unit all the way into the thousands. And we've got customers with thousands of units and we've got thousands of customers with a single property. So that was definitely an integral part of our design to be scalable. Um, you can segment by region, by market, by home, cut it up as many different ways as you need to to make our system work for your company. So it's just as good. It's, so if we have an independent owner out there listening to this, they can use it just as well as a property management can use to scale it across their portfolio. Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. So David, right. back to you. You had you're, you're partnered with Noiseware, aren't you? All right, Michael, my man. Yes, <laughs> we are. I'm proud to say, uh, hopefully, is the first property management software to have a technical integration with Noiseware. Uh, so I, I love working with Michael and the whole team over there. They have a great product, uh, and it's great to hear they're a sponsor of you guys. Well, it's uh, it's. I'm, I'm sure they'll be pleased to hear your endorsement of that as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> that was that was an extra for them. So uh, we were talking about um, tools. And, and you did mention, you mentioned sort of Slack and you mentioned Trello. So I, my question was that people were talking about productivity tools as being valuable. So how did you, def when you were asking that question, how did you define productivity? Absolutely. So we actually didn't define that. It was more of an open-ended question about what software is most valuable to you. And then we looked over all the answers and bucketed them and put it under productivity. Mm -hmm. So some of those, you know, people, as I mentioned, people responded with Slack, with Trello, with uh, Asana, which is kind of like Trello, Zoho and Salesforce, CRM tools. Uh, so a lot of that falls under just productivity. So yeah, great to see people using mainstream software to help run their business, as I said, in addition to, to niche vacation rental software. Yeah, and if uh, I mean we use we've been using Slack ever since ever since Slack started, I think because we've been remote. Nice. We've been remote for eight years now, so it actually didn't come as a shock to us back in March awesome. last year. But we use we use Slack. So if anybody out there is not using Slack and and you have Teams, whether it's a team of one or two, it is the most awesome platform. I am just blown away uh, by it. Absolutely, they they have a free version as well, so it's worth giving it a try. And uh, that you can you can upgrade later if you want. 
It might get a little bit of getting used to between Slack and email. When should you email something versus when should you Slack something? And I'm I'm a big email person personally, uh, but we use Slack at Hostfully. It took me a while to get used to it. And there's definitely benefits and, and pros on, on when you should be using Slack. Yeah, it's, it's daily for us. I mean, we got, well, we're still on the free version. There's seven of us. We've got one of our members of staff in the Philippines and and the phone mode as well. We've we can you can only call one person, I believe, on the free version, but that's fine because we, well, we still use the old ones. What's it called, Skype? Uh huh. Regular phone? What phone calls? What's that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's um, Asana is is something that 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 we use. Workflowy is another. I don't know if you've come across Workflowy. No. It's, it's incredibly simple. It's like taking Asana and Trello and just condensing it down into one tiny little piece of software. And I, that's probably the one I use. It's my, it's a, it's a to-do list and it's, it's amazing. And oh. I've mentioned it a, a number of times before cause it's free and I love free. Nice. Okay. Um, let's talk about digital guidebooks. Awesome. Because so interesting, how many owners and managers do you think are still using hard copy guidebooks? Uh, yeah, still, um, still a fair amount. So we've, we've asked this question for many years. There's um, one, uh, essentially about 25% are using hard copies. And that stayed consistent, but we saw a huge uptick in digital guidebooks. It basically doubled from about 24, 25% to, to a little over 50%. So we're real excited to see there's a, there's a shift that way. Um, so it seems like there's some property managers who are using both now. They still didn't want to get rid of their uh, hard copy guidebook. Uh, maybe, maybe a few did. You know, Anecdotally, I hear about that, but the data that, that we saw mm-hmm. did not say that. Uh, but it is great to see that people are, are realizing the benefits of having a, a digital version that people are. We, we didn't think of this when we started Hostfully, oh, during a pandemic. Um, it's going to be great that people aren't touching the same thing over and over from one guest to the next. But people definitely saw that as an advantage this year. So do you hear from guests as well? as Because I think I think this is such an important conversation because I think there there are a lot of owners, managers who are, who have not got into digital guidebooks yet because they think for a number of reasons, they think it's too di- difficult. The onboarding is difficult. And, and I heard from one or two saying guests don't want them. They want to pick up a, a book. And I'd, yeah, I'd like for your sure. So, that. I mean, there's definitely that argument when you're on vacation, you don't want to be on your phone. You want to be able to sit on the couch and just read through something that's talking about the house or talking about local recommendations. And that's, and that's valid. So in, in non-pandemic years, having both, I think, is important so that you can, you know, provide services, provide information in the way that they want to uh, digest it. You know, having, why not have having both? It, QR codes has, has gotten popular as well. So putting physical QR codes uh, on the refrigerator, on the, on the coffee table that then opens up to the guidebook in, in, mm-hmm. on their phone, but also on the hard copy. So one thing that, that we've done is the hard copy of the, we have a hard copy version as well. So you make your, you make your digital guidebook and, and you press print and it's all formatted nicely for, for a hard copy. Uh, and each section has a QR code that takes you right to that section. So if you're on the couch looking through nearby recommendations and you see this awesome restaurant, you can take your phone over over the QR code and it will bring it up on the digital guidebook where you can then view the menu. 
and you know view the the company's the the restaurant's website and get other information about it. So having a combination of the two uh, in in non-pandemic years, I think, is the best way to go. Uh, one other thing too, in, in my opinion, it's not it's not a one or the other because there's benefits of that digital guidebook you can't see in the hard copy, which is before the guest arrives. Mm-hmm. So right after a reservation is made, you want to send a beautiful digital guidebook to that guest to, one, make a great first impression, like, wow, this property manager knows what they're doing. They are professional. Uh, Two, it's enhancing your brand, right? So you customize it. You have your logo. You have your name. It's your your colors, your your branding. So they're they're thinking of, of your brand. For those who list on other channels uh, and, and then want to uh, develop that relationship and hopefully get a, a direct booking for that guest next year. Uh, and then it includes directions, check-in details, and all that information that they need before they actually can, can look at a physical guidebook. Uh, and if you put that in a digital guidebook versus kind of throwing it up in a, in an, a really long email. Oftentimes people don't read that really long email, uh, but in a, in a guidebook, it's easy to navigate and see. Uh, so our, you know, our most successful clients will not have the address in the email that they send to the guest or not have the, the digital uh, code, the lockbox code or you know, pin code in the email, but rather they say it's in the guidebook, click here, for the guidebook, and then they open it up. So, so they need to open up the guidebook to access, to get to the, the vacation rental. And then they see all the other information as well, and they know it's all there, so they're not going to bug the property manager with a, a question mm-hmm. later. So you mentioned that you know one of the benefits of having the guidebook is that people get this and they understand that you are a real, a real property that you manage, and it's not just an Airbnb. So Airbnb are not going to like this, are they? Similar to HomeAway, um, HomeAway, VRBO, Verbo. Verbo. I'm sorry, I'm showing, definitely showing my uh, longevity here. Leakage, are they going to do something to stop this leakage, do you think? Because it, it's very apparent that the more owners and managers that, that are, are wanting to book more direct, this is what they want to do. They want to give out this guide get the email addresses from all the members of the group and capture them. And I can't see Airbnb enjoying that too much. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be this, I I think a healthy tension between who owns the guests. Is it the OTA or the property manager? Right. So Airbnb, they very much feel that they kind of own the guests. It's their client and they have that relationship and they're the ones that want that that repeat booking, but property managers also have the mindset of I'm getting reservations from all over. I'm getting direct bookings, Verbo bookings, booking.com, Airbnb, and they're just marketing channels for me, but I'm, it's my, it's my guess. It's my home that I'm, or it's someone else's Mm -hmm. home, but I'm managing it and I'm responsible for that relationship. So you see OTAs, um, I think, acting differently on this, on how important it is. So Airbnb made a big splash where they they used to have the masked email address. It was like at guest.airbnb.com. They'd never give the actual email address away. And now they're stopping even giving that away. So they really don't want you to email you. Uh, new reservations coming in now, in, in some places, they're slowly rolling it out. 
you don't get any email. You have to correspond within the Airbnb platform. But uh, on the other hand, I heard an executive from another OTA, I won't say which one, uh, at a conference it basically admit, say, hey, it's our job to get you the guests the first time. And then it's your job to turn them into a repeat booker. Uh, so, you know, do a good job and, and get their contact info directly or be a, be a great host. And, you know, that's on you. And we admit that's part of, you know, that's just part of the game. So th- this isn't a new trend. This has been going on for a long time. Uh, I do think that with the, the big cancellation wave that happened in, in March, uh, with Airbnb, that was a bit of a wake-up call to some property managers, especially smaller property mm-hmm. managers who had all their eggs in, in one basket and they saw the need to diversify. And we have seen that this year, the survey results show that there was both an increase in diversification in general, listing on more channels, as well as an increase in focusing on direct bookings. Yeah, and you make a really interesting point there, because I, I, I said at the introduction, actually, before you came on the air with me, that... I always used to talk when I was doing presentations about, you you know, you don't want to be with one channel. You don't want to just be with Airbnb or just be with Verbo. You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. So why would you take your eggs out of their basket and put them into your own direct booking basket and not have any other? So, so you still have all your eggs in one basket. It just happens to be yours. It, that That just doesn't seem to fly with me either. So... I, I really like the idea of multi-platform marketing. I know there's, there's some people who think I am so so pro book direct that uh, that this probably comes as a shock. But uh, you know, wh- wherever you can get your word out, then that's going to be beneficial in the long run. So yes, multi-platform marketing is is my mantra at the moment. Yes, amen to that. <laughs> hey, All of the above. <laughs> So we're just about to wrap up now, David. I just want to um, to ask you to to is, is there anything else you want to say about the about the survey that we we, we haven't covered off? Hmm. Uh, well, one thing we talked about some challenges. We also always ask what's gotten easier uh-huh. uh, from yeah. from the previous year, and it's it's good to see kind of the the difference. And so, not surprisingly, uh, there was a big increase uh, in 2020 from 2019 of the answer nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nothing's gotten easier. 27% said that in 2020 and 15% said that in, in 2019. Uh, marketing, you know, that keeps popping up. I, I think people, you know, diving in and getting their feet wet with that and kind of figuring figuring out new ways of marketing to get business. But I think the, the most interesting observation is that a lot of the same answers were in the challenge bucket and the what's gotten easier bucket whether it was cleaning or pricing or guest communications. And I think that goes to say um, uh, what we were talking about before about the, the ecosystem where it's, it's not about what's out there. It's about where that property manager is in their kind of life state, life cycle of operations and figuring things out. So one year, something is a challenge for them and then they focus on it and they, they find the, the niche solution for them that works for their operations and then next year they come back and report that that got easier for them. Yeah, and I, I go along with that. The thing, things that a lot of things actually got easier for us. My thought is that we were so focused on the other stuff, the pandemic, the things that were running relatively smoothly gave us no stress at all. So I guess that would have been the, in the easier bucket. So I just want to con- congratulate you on the report making it to a couple of big outlets. 
Yes, thank you. Uh, Focuswire wrote about us. Uh, we also had a nice plug in the Financial Times, a few other kind of uh, niche industry news. Uh, and, and then we, what we've been seeing is previous reports are, are getting cited uh, as well in, over, over the years. So we were mentioned in uh, New York Times, um, Skift has mentioned us a bunch of times. So it's uh, pretty exciting to, to see year over year the, the data we're putting out there is getting picked up. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's perfect. I, I love to see the report because it does, you know, it gives me an insight into, you know, just into what's happening outside of my little sphere. And I think that's, that's always good. Sometimes it's just good to, to, to hear that other people are thinking in the same way as we are, and we're not as um, off, off the platform as I think we are sometimes. So, uh, so yes, kudos to you for doing this. I think just, just good to get a handle on what people are thinking. And I think actually sending out the survey, I think, you know, hopefully if you do it next year and more people have been listening to this, get this survey, please complete it because the more people, obviously the more people you get answers from, the, the better the, the report is, is going to be. Yeah, I just like to use it as a little bit of a benchmark as to where we are as a company and how we stand up against others. Thank you uh, for your support of the survey too, all the years. Uh, I know one year you were an expert uh, insight uh, for the for the survey, so we had your words of wisdom and uh, love to have you back on a, on a future survey to give some more uh, expert insights into that. And, and you're always uh, promoting it to your, your large amount of 1 million fans out there. So thank you, <laughs> Heather, for your support. So before we, before we finish, um, David, tell us a bit more about Hostfully and how it can bridge the gap between what managers you know want to provide and what currently is preventing them from doing it. You bet. So I kind of mentioned this at the beginning uh, earlier. So we do digital guidebooks and property management software. Once again, we have thousands of digital guidebooks where they are not using our property management software. So please uh, feel free to check, check us out and sign up for one guidebook and kick the tires. One guidebook is free. Um, we think you'll love that. Uh, and then we also have a full tip to tail property management software. Uh, one thing, uh, Heather, that another part of the survey that we kind of talked about every year from the beginning when we were just doing guidebooks is how are property managers offering kind of upsell services like a mid-state cleaning and a, a early checkout or, you know, ground transportation. And basically the, the response was many different ways and we're not able to do it easily through our property management software having these upsell mm -hmm. items uh so either we're kind of doing it offline we're doing it through another service or directly from a payment processor or collecting cash and it was just it was just a mix of stuff so one thing that is is our we think we're uniquely situated to do is really be able to combine the property management software and and the digital guidebooks with regards to stuff like this so two two concrete examples one upselling right so when a when a guest is making a reservation when they're checking out in terms of making a reservation not checking out a mistake uh, when they're when they're checking out uh, kind of like when you buy airline tickets you know it asks if you want a hotel or you want a rental car um, we we have this way so they can make the reservation and then get a mid-state cleaning or you know a chef or groceries pre-arrival whatever the property manager wants to put in and also if the guest does not buy it at that moment mm -hmm. that same information is in the digital guidebook 
that gets sent to the guests right after the reservation is made, five days before they arrive, while they're in destination. So there's there's multiple ways to be able to upsell, and, and you're managing it just in one place on the back end. Another example of, of a cool integration of why it's great to have a property management software uh, and a digital guidebook under one roof is with secure guidebooks and and pin codes and, and, and information like that. So we have it. So a reservation gets made. We integrate with a bunch of smart locks with Operto, with with links, with remote lock, with Point Central. A reservation gets made. A pin code gets created from that third party lock. It gets sent into the property management software. Most property management softwares will then. Uh, have an email template where you can send that code out via email to the guest. We take it one step further and we bring that into the digital guidebook that's got a secure link that goes to the guest. And now the guest opens up that guidebook and it says, hey, Heather, I'm excited that you're arriving on January 30th. Your PIN code is 1234. And then after the checkout date, that guidebook doesn't work anymore. And that, that code is I mean, that code changes anyways, but all the other details, uh, they can't access that. Uh, and it all runs smoothly between the property management software, the uh, remote lock company that you're, that you're integrated with, and the digital guidebook. Yeah, I can see the you know, clear benefits to integration like that. So, of, of course, I will put information on Hostfully at the foot of the show notes. So anybody that wants to go and find out more can do so. And how can people contact you, David? I'll give out my personal email. So david at hostfully.com. Please reach out to me. I don't care what you call me. Just make sure you call me. And hostfully.com, our website. So H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com. Uh, you can view our report there. And we have uh, lots of other reports and white papers. Uh, we partnered with NoiseAware uh, and AutoHost on a great white paper as well. So please check that out on our website. I will make sure everything is put on there. So I've got a, yeah, you've included a lot of links in this last few minutes and I've just been. Uh, just, just hostfully.com. It's all there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, David, it's been an absolute pleasure as ever. Um, really enjoyed talking with you. Maybe we should catch, maybe we should do this every year, catch up and after each report comes out. Awesome. Thanks so much, Heather. Thank you. That was a great conversation. Do you know, it, it sort of highlights what we've all missed in 2020, which was the conferences and getting around to conferences and actually talking to the people that run these companies. You know, I, I know as a property manager that we are, you know, we're using all this tech that David was talking about and I want to make sure we've got the right tech, but I think We've got so much that I've bought because I've fallen for the bells and whistles on a website. So actually talking to somebody about their product makes a huge difference, which is one of the reasons why we are we have launched the Virtual Vendor Showcase, which is small at the moment, but it, it, it's small but mighty because one of the unique aspects of it is that I am interviewing the founder of a company or one of their chief executives along with one of their clients. So you don't see this very often where you can hear somebody talking about their product, but also I get to ask the questions that I want to know as a user. I get to say, hey, you've been using this. What was the, what was the onboarding like? 
what was the, what's the support like? You know, are are they answering queries promptly? What problems have you found? And most of most of these clients are, you know, they're candid and they're not going to be over-egging the product because they're online. You know, they're, they're going out with this very publicly. So that's what the Virtual Vendor Showcase is. You can go and see the business page on our website on vacationrentalformula.com. You can check out the product, what it does, and who's using it and go see the video and you can watch the video on the business page on our website or you can go to our youtube channel and see it as well if you go to the youtube channel you're going to see all the different videos all together so i know as a property manager if i was out looking for something at the moment this would be invaluable because there's so much competing stuff and it's so difficult to pick the right one for you. You actually want to talk to a user or certainly hear from a user. So I'm super delighted to have launched uh, the Virtual Vendor Showcase. At the moment, we have half a dozen businesses on there. Over the next few weeks, that really is going to ramp up and you'll be hearing me featuring one of those businesses every week. And uh, today, featuring Vintori, because I just love Vintori. (laughs) They're helping me, helping us with our owner acquisition. And as a user, I love the service because it is so comprehensive. Brooke Fouts, the founder, chooses his staff very, very carefully. So we've been in conversation with one of their staff about our sales techniques. And we're we're going to get some tutorial about how we can get more sales, how we can sell our services better to owners. And I, th- I think that's that's the thing that I'm liking more and more about Vintori is that they practice what they preach and they, they're very supportive. So that's my focus this week is on Vintori, but you'll find Vintori with some of the other vendors that we are uh, promoting on our virtual vendor showcase. And I'll put a link to that on the show notes. Okay, that's it for another week. Always a pleasure to be with you. If you've got a moment, as ever, please go to iTunes and give me a five-star review. As I always always know you love to get five-star reviews. If you've got a beef about the podcast, just let me know. That would be so much nicer than posting out any grievance on iTunes. It always seems a little sad to me when people do that on iTunes. They go and trash a podcast or say something particularly negative about it. So the, you know, the, the host is the one who sits behind the microphone every week, finds the guests, sets it all up, interviews them, does the editing, does the publishing, does writes the show notes, et cetera, et cetera. And the majority of them do this for the love of doing it. So it, it, it's always a bit sad when somebody comes along and makes a complaint about what they're doing. Always think it's far better for you to go go directly to the host and say, "Hey, I really don't like your opening music," which is actually one of the negatives that I got <laughs> a while back. Anyhow, that aside, please go over to iTunes and give me a five star review. I'd really love it. It helps push the podcast up the rankings. So that's it for another week. Can't wait to be back with you again as each week goes on and the temperature goes up and and spring is on the way and hopefully COVID will be on the way out. So until then, bye for now.
Thanks again for listening to this episode brought to you by NoiseAware. For more information and to connect with the NoiseAware team, visit vacationrentalformula.com forward slash NoiseAware. Or simply click the link in the description section of this episode on your smart device. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.